Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. It is the Thursday edition. Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios. We'll get a lot more into Kevin Durant's big debut for the Phoenix Suns uh, for the rest of the show. But uh, there was a story that came out yesterday. And, man, when it came out, it uh, kind of mm-hmm. coincided with the end of my nap time. Mm-hmm. Same and, here. And yeah. I, I woke and up. I didn't even nap yesterday, but it was about that time. I woke up to a lot of text about this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story is that the National Football League Players Association polled its players mm-hmm. uh, on the condition of individual franchise uh, facilities. And they were asked to give grades in the following areas to their respective teams. Treatment of families, nutrition, weight room, strength staff, training room, training staff, and locker room. Basically on their perceived quality of the facilities, yeah. the safety of those facilities, and, you know, obviously treatment well, of families and nutrition. experience yes. at work. Basically. Yeah. The results were not kind to the Arizona no. Cardinals. No. Uh, the Cardinals received an F in treatment of families. They received an F minus in nutrition. They received an F minus in weight room. Uh, their strength staff was given an A minus. Their training room was given an F minus. Their staff for training was given a B plus, And their locker room facility was given an F. Uh, these results across the board, along with those of the Washington Commanders, uh, were the worst in the league. Yes. And I, I, I did a little bit of a, a dive into this. In all of those categories, Bick, for 32 NFL teams, mm-hmm. there were only 14 F grades given out total. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals got five of them. Yeah. And out of 224 yeah. total grades. Yeah, these are uh, these. Listen, as as a parent who knows all about bad report cards, this is a bad <laughs> report card. Okay, and that's exactly the way I've, I. This you, is a it, bad report card. You viewed it as a report card. You know what I viewed it as? A Yelp review. That too. That oh yeah, that's e- that's even better. When you get when you get a, let's just say you are a restaurant owner and you mm-hmm. got a string of bad Yelp reviews. There's one of two ways you can go. You can say, "Wow, this is eye opening." I need to make things better if I want to maintain my business and stay competitive. Yeah. Or you could say, these people are crazy. What we're doing is right. They're wrong. We're going to do it business as usual, and we're going to just live with the results. Okay, I've got a lot to say about this. Number one, this is a this is another public embarrassment for the Arizona Cardinals. This is the ongoing of a discussion that kind of cropped up during the rec- recruitment of Sean Payton and during the Cardinals' prolonged head coaching search, and that was how is it that a team in a destination city in, in a brand new state, well, not a brand new state, but a nice stadium that that people rave about the grass and the conditions, why are they? struggling to get a head coaching candidate they want so badly. There was a episode of the Pat McAfee show when he sat with A.Q. Shipley, former center for the Arizona Cardinals, and they talked about how inferior the facilities happened to be in Arizona. A lot of people heard that and thought, huh, I thought we just upgraded the facilities, and they had not that recently, not as recently as we all tend to think of in our mind's eye, but but this is so that that narrative began to grow, and it began to grow to the point where Michael Bidwell addressed this during his press conference with Jonathan Gannon. Mm-hmm. Said that there were some inaccuracies 
all that kind of stuff. And and he pointed to the fact that I'm hiring a guy from the Eagles who took this job after staying and training here for the Super Bowl. I.e., if this place were really a dump, you think this guy would be taking the job? Yeah. Um, there's There were eyes open when A.Q. Shipley made those comments on the Pat McAfee show. And we'll get to the response mm-hmm. from Michael Bidwell in a second. Okay. But A.Q. Shipley, also the week of the Super Bowl, sat down with Wolf and Luke on Media Row. And that subject came up. And A.Q. Shipley said, yeah, the fans are ripping me for making those comments. But he did go into some detail about what he thinks the issues with the cards facility happen to be. I've had the opportunity and the pleasure to be in six different buildings, basically. And I'm not saying they're the worst facilities. I just, yeah. I'm, all I'm strictly saying is that in order to attract the best, you should have the best. And, you know, I think some of that was brought to light this year when you watch Hard Knocks and you see media rooms, also the team meeting room. I think you see the weight room floor hasn't been replaced in years, right? And everybody wants to say, oh, yeah, the the stadium's fantastic. He invested in a plane for the team. Fantastic. That has nothing to do with the inside of the facility. And I think whenever you can attract a guy like Sean Payton or players, for instance, coming from the Baltimore Ravens or a Tampa Bay Buccaneers where I was at, where they have phenomenal facilities and they put a ton of money back into those facilities, I think that that plays into it. And that, that is strictly all I'm saying. That, and that's mm-hmm. not an unfair comment. Now, when that came up later on, Michael Bidwell later, uh, this was at uh, the Jonathan Gannon press conference on February 16th. Uh, he said this about the facility. Well, there was a lot of noise out there. There, there tends to be a lot of it was inaccurate. I think a lot of people came in and uh, uh, liked our facility. In fact, Jonathan and the Eagles got a chance to, to be here last week and use the facilities. Okay, um, were you going to say something about that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think A.Q. Shipley, Michael Bidwell, I don't think what he said is is inaccurate. You know, people came in, they they liked the facilities. But what A.Q. Shipley prefaced his whole statement with was he played for six organizations. And I looked at the Cardinals roster yesterday, at least the roster at the end of the year. Basically everybody... No, that, that's an exaggeration. The vast majority of players on the Cardinals roster last year have played for other organizations. So there's a comparison that goes on. Yeah. And when you compare, and what, by hey, this is what yeah. we have now compared to what I had mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Yep. Like, how would I mm-hmm. rate that? And mm-hmm. I think that's probably where it comes in. We talk about this all the time in college football. It's an arms race. Because of recruiting, you want to have the biggest, the best, the shiniest, the newest, the fanciest. Mm-hmm. And the great programs have that. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing when it comes to the pursuit of free agents, money talks, but also workplace conditions well, talk too. And I think this is an opportunity for the Cardinals to look at these results and say, okay, we thought it was good. It's not as good as what others are doing, and we need to step it up. All right. I, I believe that, that that summation is accurate, and I believe that Michael Bidwell will look at this and go, okay, we need, to, we need to address this because perception's becoming a reality, and I had no idea, blah, blah, blah. When you get more deeper into the report, okay, so why would the Cardinals be graded an F for the treatment of family? A couple of highlights. They're one of 14 teams that do not offer a family room, one of 11 teams that do not offer daycare. Okay, excuse me. For, for sounding insensitive here, but I, I'm not going to poorly judge my football team if they don't have a daycare center in their training facility. That, that to me, is not something I'm going to hold against a football team as a fan or as a media critic. Sure, okay? but again, no, it, let me finish. It, it's a 
factor, though, yeah. when 21 teams do right, offer it. Right. I, I, I want to finish my point here. Um, and, and you go down this you go down this list here. The stuff about charging players for meals, that to me is a real bad look, and the Cardinals should not be doing that under any circumstances. Yeah, you don't want freeloaders. You don't want people like Jared, because Jared Carlin's got this thing where he'll hang around all day until the free food shows up. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Oh, so my you, goodness. So you don't want workers, lollygaggers, hanging around just to grub up and leave. People okay? come around. Boy, you're here late today, Jared. Right. Oh, I got some uh, extra right. work to do for the show. Yeah. Right. So so he, here's my takeaway on this. This is very embarrassing for the Cardinals at following a year that has been very embarrassing. It's mitigated by the fact that what exactly are these players grading? Okay. Like I said, if the weight room floor is showing its age a little bit. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go nuts over an F minus because the weight room floor is not tip top. Okay, but, but is it safe? Well, if it better be safe, yeah. I mean, there is that. Uh, but I'm also gonna say this: that that the if the if the perception has gotten to the point where it's keeping players from coming here, this has to be addressed. I've always liked the Cardinals facility. I think there's something very old school about it. I think uh, you, you walk down, you come down that breezeway, you go yeah. in. There's the media room to the right. There's the field right there to the left. I, I suppose Michael Bidwell could do what Robert Sarver did and say we need a state of the art training facility and call in the city of Tempe and and. And say, okay, work with me on this, and we're going to have to buy some land and develop land because I need state-of-the-art stuff. I suppose he could do all of that and solve the issue here, um, and maybe he will. I, I think, I think perceptually, this is an issue, it, it, but I think some of these grades here, you've got to, you've got to weigh against exactly what you said. This is a comparison to what players are seeing elsewhere, and what they're seeing elsewhere mm-hmm. is way more luxurious than what they have in Arizona. Yeah, and does does luxury equal titles? No, I mean, it, it was weird because, like, the Raiders that got high grades across the board, the Raiders haven't done anything in years. I mean, the, the uh, you know, the Dolphins got high grades across mm-hmm. the board, a team that's viewed to have not great ownership, uh, although he does have a lot of money, but it doesn't lead to success. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. They got low marks. The Baltimore Ravens, who have been one of the most successful teams, their strength and training staffs got skewered. In, yeah. in, in this survey. I wonder why Why did the NFLPA decide to do this? Was this because they were tired of all the anonymous, anonymous GM surveys where people were, like, taking shots at players? Where did this come from? I don't what know. What was the genesis of we this? We have never seen this before, but um, it was interesting. Yeah, and it's yet another, it's another perceptual slap in the face for the Arizona Cardinals. And for this to happen on March 1st, it was released... What are we, three weeks away from the beginning of the league year Mm -hmm. and free agency starting? (laughs) You wonder Uh, what kind of ramifications that has and how much this comes up in their discussions. But again, if you're a football player and you're going to say, you know, I would rather play in the weather of New Jersey than deal with a weight room floor like that, then you know what? Okay, have fun in Jersey. I'll take the weather in Arizona. Yeah. And I'll just walk a little bit more carefully in the weight room. Uh, Coming up next, Kevin Durant makes his debut for the Phoenix Suns, and it was a smashing success. We'll get into it next. It's Pickley Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Pickley, Vince Murata. Pickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Um, after my second shot, I think my first shot, I could have, uh, 
I, I think I just shot that just to shoot it, to be honest, you know, because I haven't shot in a while. So I, I, after I shot, I was like, I could have took another dribble and used a little bit more power. So after that, I got to lay up and book hit me for a three, and I think that's when I was comfortable. Kevin Durant talking about when he started to feel comfortable in his Phoenix Suns debut. He scored his first bucket. Uh, which was the Suns' second bucket of the game in their win over the Charlotte Hornets at about the minute 54 mark on a driving layup. But, man, we got to see the array of mid-range from Kevin Durant. And when you have a player as good as he is at handling the basketball, getting to his spot, mm-hmm. which appears to be 17 feet on the left elbow, um, Man, it was just effortless. You're barely rippling the net on those mm-hmm. shots. And and a few of those oh. were big shots. We talked about it a bit earlier, Bick. Charlotte had trimmed that lead to six. The game never really felt like it was in doubt. No. And a lot of that had to do with Kevin Durant's steadying, steadying influence mm-hmm. on the offensive end where he just hit like two or three shots to stretch the lead back to double digits. It was a very weird game at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. It was kind of clunky. <laughs> it was one missed shot on, after another on both sides. And then you looked up and it was still like 7 nothing, and the Hornets hadn't scored. And, and then it was 9 nothing. You're like, okay, and the Suns are starting to feel it a little bit. And you're Googling, has there ever been yeah. a Shut, shut out, out in the NBA. Right, and we're thinking, wow, what a debut that could This is going to be 113 to nothing. Wow, we've never seen this before. And and then it kind of, so the game settled into what it is. And, and, you know, I just, the game ended and I thought, wow, okay. So, you know, Kevin Durant ended up with 23 points, very close to your prediction. Devin Booker ended with just a super easy 37. I mean, that's a big number by anyone's NBA standards. And it just felt like it came so easily to him. Devin Booker must be going, okay, this is going to work. Mm-hmm. I can I can deal with this. No more double teams? No okay. More, no more watching, you know, platoons of men running at me when I'm trying to dribble a basketball. Yeah. Well, we did see that some last night when Kevin Durant wasn't on the floor with Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. And I didn't look it up, uh, the, the, the lineup breakdown on how much time each, you know, each pairing got together. That will grow. Again, I was a little bit perplexed at some times where Kevin Durant was out there with four bench players or there was five bench players on the floor. And I thought it was a very uneven performance by the bench. And if we're talking about big picture, and yes, we can focus on Durant today, but big picture, the inconsistency of the bench continues to be a concern for me. I I don't know how concerned about it you are. Um, You know, Cameron Payne, again, I thought, struggled last night. I I don't think they got a ton from their bench. There was a stretch where their bench players Mm -hmm. were committing fouls on every possession Mm -hmm. early in in the shot clock, and and, and Charlotte got into the bonus, and they shot a ton of free throws. I mean, the bench needs to be better. Yeah, I I, again, I'm not going to argue with you. I know you watch this very closely. I I, I think what you're saying is accurate. I'm, I'm having a hard time really drawing any conclusions from anybody on the periphery last night who were just probably trying to feel their way through this. I do think it's interesting, though, you know, where are they going to land with this thing? Because Josh Okogie got the start like a lot of people thought. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and so their, their second unit was officially Damian Lee, Tory Craig, Jock Landale, Campaign, and Ish Wainwright. And then TJ Warren got a look. Uh-huh. So that's 11 guys. And they didn't have Terrence Ross available last right. night, so that probably made Warren that, that 11th guy. Right. And and so and Terrence Ross is being described as a guy who has a position in lockdown. Campaign, because of the lack of backups at point guard, mm-hmm. has got a spot in lockdown. People think Terrence Ross has got a spot in lockdown. Torrey Craig, obviously, um, probably fits somewhere in there. So I don't know where, where else you're looking and what else you need and where else you're going with the bench. But it's going to be different. No, it, and they might not be looking 
anywhere outside of the team. I'm just saying it needs to be better. And we've seen them be good. And we've seen them be bad. It's kind of a, a roller coaster crapshoot. And see, and that's what I don't know if I agree with you. I, I don't know if they do need to be better. I, I think that this team might be so good at the top that they, they that it might not matter. But you might be right. I might be wrong. It might be one of those things that we talked about a lot during the Cardinals season. If Kyler Murray is an MVP, everything else will fall into place and it doesn't really matter as much. If Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are elite for the rest of the way, it might not matter that much, well, but Josh Okogie. No, or the and you heard what James Jones said during Newsmakers Week. He 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 talked about how many minutes per game these the big three are going to get during the playoffs. Uh-huh. And after that, what what are we talking about? Yeah, in terms of the rotation before you get to the playoffs, Monty Williams, the head coach, um, who's talked a lot about this subject recently, he said, "Yeah, it's going to be a, a little while, a work in progress. It's too hard to, it's too early to say where we're going to be because of the restrictions." Kevin's going to be on a restriction for a while, not a long while, but he'll be on it for the you know next week or so at least. Uh, Book's coming out of his restriction a little bit, so he's starting to get his normal allotment of minutes. And then Terrence didn't play tonight, so that's another guy that would be thrown into the mix that can you know help us see where we're going to be. So I think we have a a bit of time yet before we can start to cement anything as far as rotations are concerned. Yeah, so for Kevin Durant, it was 26 minutes and 50 seconds on the floor. He admitted longer than he thought he would play. Monty Williams went Mm. back to him late in the game when it looked like his night might be over. Uh, Game tomorrow night in Chicago. Dallas on Sunday, another matinee game, and then they come home for an Oklahoma City home game on, on Wednesday. But Monty Williams was asked, hey, Will we see Kevin Durant the rest of this road trip? In terms of the rest of the road trip, Monty, Kevin will play the rest of the road trip. We'll see. I don't want to get too far ahead, but we'll see. We'll see how he responded tonight. But I don't foresee any hiccups, but I, I just don't know just yet. And uh, Kevin Durant talked about the you know before the game, he hadn't felt pain in a while, felt really good. Um, you know, they'll they'll rely on his own self reporting on how he feels, but. I would expect them to play a little bit more each game. Um, you know, the, yeah. ske- the schedule's yeah. not all that daunting in terms of you know proximity of games close together. When they get done uh, Sunday in Dallas, they got you know two full days off before they play another game on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, it, it's pretty friendly uh, from from that yeah. viewpoint. And, and and I think I think the the days of having a basketball team that you have no idea what they're going to put on the court <laughs> are over. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're back in that we're back in that realm where most of these games are going to be easy victories. I, you would think so. Um, you know, Chicago's a struggling team. Dallas is kind of battling They're, things. Yeah, that's not an easy victory. That's but, not an easy victory, no. but uh, and you know national television hasn't been kind to the Suns this year either, mm-hmm. so you consider that as well. Uh, and they're going to want to prove something, mm-hmm. and Kyrie Irving's going to want to prove something. That'll be the first. That'll be a very interesting test, and I hope there's not. I hope there's not load management and injury management kind of getting in the way of that one because this. That's what's going to be interesting to me to see what this thing begins to look like when up against really good teams. Yeah, and uh, we'll see some of those teams the rest. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got another game against Philadelphia. They got Milwaukee coming into town uh, in less than two weeks. And, uh, Suns now fourth place in the West, thirty-four and twenty-nine. If you look at the gap between uh, fourth and fifth, they're a game and a half ahead of Golden State, who's thirty-two and thirty, uh, and only what's that? Two, four, three games behind Sacramento for third. So, mm. uh, if they want to get to third. 
to a, maybe avoid a matchup, they're going to have to stack together some wins. Uh, they will be in Chicago tomorrow night to take on the Bulls. Coming up next, the Rush Hour Reboot. We get into the big stories of the day represented by Lauren Koval. That is next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Time for the Rush Hour Reboot. Sarah Cazell still uh, out. Uh, so Lauren Koval, kind enough to get up early again. Hi, Lauren. You're a trooper, Lauren. Thank you for being here. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, let's just jump into it. Are you a, are you a morning person? Thank you for general? saving Jared's backside again, Lauren. <laughs> yeah, she's great. I am not a morning person at all. I'm used to running nighttime play-by-play. I've got like a 2 a.m. bedtime, so I'm really rolling with the punches wow. here. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you so much. We've got to intro everybody. Jared, right? go get uh, go get Lauren some coffee during this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how coffee to Coffee use... for your ears, Ferret. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you said earlier? Yeah. Brought to you by... Bickley and Murata Morning Show, where coffee for your ears. All right. Better that's, than- that's better than loves and hugs and kindness that you said yesterday. Sure. We're that too. Yeah. All right. Well, I am joined by the lovely and talented Dan Bickley. Hello. <laughs> Vince Murata. My nickname in high school used to be Kool-Aid Man. <laughs> What's that from? Kevin the from office. The Office. Yeah, my, oh, okay. my Kevin theme is continuing <laughs> yeah, this week. Okay. And Jared Carlin. Man, you look like you're about to poop your pants. We have to play that full audio later on. Yeah. Man, you look like you're about to poop your pants. Alec Thomas on Burns and Gambo. Mm-hmm. Did you hear it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> Anyhow, go ahead, Lauren. <laughs> All right. I didn't hear it, so I'm, I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that at the end of the show, I think. All right. Well, last night was every Suns fan in the Valley. They've been looking forward to it. The debut of Kevin Durant. And he showed just why he could make such an impact for the Suns. He scored 23 points, had six rebounds, and played 27 minutes. How did KD think he did in his debut? I was solid. I felt like I should have made about four more shots. Um, I felt like uh, I turned the ball over a couple times off the trap. My, you know, it was just getting getting used to that again. I lost the ball off the handle going to my left, so I got to get that stronger too. So just looking at the stuff I didn't do well and seeing how I can turn that into a strength next game. We asked yesterday, what were your guys' expectations heading into this game? But what did you guys think of his debut last night? Yeah, I thought it was um, it was wonderfully easy. It felt easy. It wasn't easy, but it felt that way. It looked that way. And for Devin Booker and Kevin Durant to combine for 60 points right out of the gate like that, I don't know how you couldn't walk away, especially since that game was kind of void of any real highlight reel stuff. There was nothing that made you go, but it was just the collective. It was the sight of him. In a Suns uniform. That's what it is. I, it, it's it, it's the reality that this is reality. I guess the closest thing to the highlight reel was the very casual rebound that Kevin Durant got and just kind of in one motion yeah. flipped along outlet to, to Booker for the dunk. Um, but that was kind of par for the course. It looked, I don't, I'm not insulting anybody when I say this. It looked like Kevin Durant was at practice. It kind of looked like he was just. A player coming back kinda from an did. injury, yeah, kind of, and did. easing his way back kinda in. Did. But he's he's 
Got no rust on him, which is crazy. It was it was so much fun to watch. And it's only going to get more fun. Mm-hmm. Well, the next time we could see KD will be while the Suns continue their road trip tomorrow in Chicago against the Bulls. Game start is 6 p.m. Pre-game's 5.30, and you can catch that here on 98.7 FM. Durant, in post-game last night, discussed his own minutes expectations heading into the game last night. Uh, yeah, when he, when Coach put me on that third, I felt like I was in the start of uh, that fourth. I felt like I was in solid groove. I had made a couple shots, and I felt good. And- I didn't think I would play that much, to be honest. I thought I was going to be hovering around 19 or 20 a game. But, you know, Coach is a player. He's been there before, so he understands. And, you know, I, I needed a couple extra minutes to get some rhythm, and he, he gave me that. So I'm grateful for it. How many minutes do you guys expect KD to play in Chicago? Probably around the same of what we saw. What did, 20, what did he clock in at last 26 night? 26 minutes and 50 seconds. And I think the restriction quote-unquote ceiling was 25. Yeah. So they blew past that with that that late uh, reinsertion of Durant into the game. He'll be 20... 27? 25 to 28. Yeah. I somewhere I'll, yeah. Say, I'll say between 20, 25 and 27. Without, of course, between. knowing game flow. If the Suns yeah. have a 40-point lead going into the fourth, then it's going to be a short yeah. night. But. All right. And now that we've seen Kevin Durant on the court in a Suns jersey, do you guys think the Phoenix Suns are the team to beat in the West? I do. Um, I don't think it's going to be easy, but I do think of all the teams that I've seen, this is. I think they're going to have the most to offer um, when it comes time to winning playoff basketball games. And there's a formula to it, and there's a, there are things you have to be good at to do it. Um, but but I do think they are favorites. Yes, I think you just can't deny that level of talent. Yeah, I'm not necessarily ready to go that far just yet, but I will recognize potential. I mean, the the combo that they have at the top of their roster, I think, stacks up better than any other top of roster combo that that, that can be offered in the Western Conference. What's the team you're most worried about? Right now, for me, it's still the Clippers, but... They yeah. might have taken care of that own, their own problem by bringing Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that's yeah. How about that? Um, for Team me, it's, chemistry expert. for me, it's the Grizzlies and the Warriors, and it's the Grizzlies because I think that they're young and athletic and super talented, and and if they ever get back to the way they were the first month of the season, I think they're a handful. I don't think really that's going to happen though. Yeah. And, and the Warriors just because of pedigree. And, and they've done this before. Yes. They know what this looks like to kind of meander through a regular season and then go find that switch. If we have any Nuggets fans in our audience right now, they're flipping us off. Well, again, Neither one of I, us mentioned the Nuggets. Sure. Sorry, Mitch. How <laughs> <laughs> about that? He's the only one I know. Is he the guy? Yeah. He's, yeah, he's a Nuggets fan. It is funny, though, as you were saying, it's funny how teams just keep passing around Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving, uh-huh. and uh, D'Angelo Russell and then wonder why it never works anywhere. Yeah. Weird, right? Like the coincidence around those guys yep. is amazing. <laughs> it might be like you need team chemistry or something. Maybe. Just, just going out on a limb. Might be an element to success. All right. And former Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter was booked into the Athens Clark County Jail last night for reckless driving and racing on the streets, which resulted in the death of a teammate and a staffer. Carter has frequently been linked to the Cardinals in mock drafts. Do you guys think it is possible the Cardinals now use their number three pick on an offensive player? Ooh. I would be shocked if that was the case. Uh, I think it's still defense one, trade down two to acquire more picks, and then that opens up the, the, the door of possibilities. But if they stay at three, 
I think it would be foolish what, to, to take an what offensive if, What player. if they surprise everybody? What if the Bears take um, Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama and the Cardinals surprise everyone and go, you know what? We're drafting a quarterback. <laughs> that would surprise everyone. <laughs> that would, you would be right, right. Vic. That would surprise everybody. That would surprise everybody. Yeah. Is there a- no, I, I think to answer your question seriously, it, I think it's what Vinny said. It, it's such a high-leverage pick that you're either going elite defensive player quarterback which they don't need or you're trading down if they trade down could they like they haven't been linked to any really offensive players but if they trade deandre hopkins Mm -hmm. if they don't plan on extending hollywood brown all of a sudden they have a really thin wide receiver sure but you know how far are you trading down that's what i mean like mid first round i'd have to i'd have to and if they trade down anything's possible but they trade down and it's an offensive player. I would expect it to be an offensive lineman um, as opposed to, to a skill player. They need to build up that line, both lines. All right, well, thank you, guys. That's mm-hmm. been the Rush Hour Reboot. We're going to break on time. I made Wait. Jarrett happy. Shut up, Jarrett. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to add. I don't think that's ever happened. I forgot to add in it, but there was something with the PGA Tour that you wanted to uh Get on two minutes here if you want to. Yeah. We're not breaking on time, Lauren. No, it Jared's was too good fault. to beat Jared. I, I forgot that, 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 I no, forgot you're right. That we was my not, fault. We would I not break. That. We would not break on time. Basically, the PGA Tours adopted some uh, some crazy rules changes that look very much like live golf. And by that, I'm saying some of their elevated status tournaments next year, they're going to be no-cut limited field. So it's yes. going to look very much like live. But basically what they're doing is, to me, it's like, you, you know when how they tell you to put out like a, a campfire? You, you, you pour it out with water. Then you wait, and then you feel the embers, and then you pour more water. You put dirt on it. Yeah, this this kind of feels what they're doing to live golf. It's just measure after measure to put out that fire. That's what it feels like to me. I, I mean, I kind of took it the other way. You did? And live golf kind of took it the other Did you see their tweet, by the way, from oh, the yeah, live golf course. account? Oh, yeah, of course. they're going to flex. Imitation they're going to say this is the greatest form of flattery. Okay. Congratulations, PGA Tour. Welcome to the future. 70 to 80 players, no cuts. Jared Carlin wouldn't have happened without Weird Al Yankovic. I'm not going to thank him for it. All right, that's a bad comp. That's a bad comp. <laughs> Don't you See, think? Look, we're going to break late. Yeah, no, no, we're perfect now. Why did you ask me to get into this with less less than a minute to go? If you're because. a PGA Tour player, Bic, and yeah. you're one of these 70 or 80 players, Thursday you shoot an 84. Mm-hmm. Aren't you looking forward to a quick weekend? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're looking to get out of Dodge. Yes. Yeah, I know. I got no chance from the get-go. No. Now i got to stick in the greater Greensboro open for two more days. Right, but, but it's different if, if you're a caddy who needs to get paid. Yeah. I had a tee off at 6.40 a.m. Wow. That, still kind of uh-huh. dark. That's the difference between you and me. You right. think about other people, whereas <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. Uh, this is the Rush Hour Reboot every morning, 7.30. Uh, coming up next, the Kevin Durant effect. How did it uh, rub off on other players in Chapter 1 of this saga? We'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Man, that's what we need. They've been playing that same way all year. I feel like those two guys stepped it up this year as far as scoring the basketball for this team. DA with 16 rebounds, four assists, like... 
you know, ain't the shots he was making tonight too. Like the fadeaways and the mid range, like it's impressive. And you know, we know what Book does. He's solidified himself over the last, you know, five six years. So uh, he's one of those guys that we count on to make plays like this. And Da, we count on him to do this every night. And you know, we're gonna need this going forward if we want to be the team we want to be. It's Kevin Durant last night following his first game as a Phoenix Sun. It was a successful one, twenty three points and uh, just under twenty seven minutes. Suns win. 105 to 91. It looked uh, very easy for Kevin Durant. No signs of rust. He will remain on a minutes restriction. But they're talking about Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, mm-hmm. who were the other two players who showed up big time for the Suns. Booker was phenomenal, 37 points, and nearly as efficient as as KD was. And you know, DeAndre Ayton, 16 points on 10 field goal attempts, made seven of them. The work on the defensive glass was great. Um, and and both of those guys talked about leading up to this, you know, the Kevin Durant effect, and they both talked about it afterwards too. Devin Booker uh, joined the radio broadcast team, John Bloom and Tim Kempton, after the game, and they asked him, "Hey, your shots feel like they're coming to you differently." With Kevin Durant on the floor, uh, <laughs> of course, uh, you know he, he gets a lot of attention, um, you know, understandably. Um, so it's my job, you know, to take take pressure off him. Also, um, same thing with Chris, same thing with Da. Everybody should be getting easier looks now once we gel and figure out, you know, how we're going to get it in the rhythm and flow of it. DeAndre Ayton talked about uh, playing with Ayton. All the real, just feel like I'm doing a lot of great players, and you know, I'm just trying my best to adapt and just do the, do the uh, things that are required, you know, protecting the rim, getting back on defense, rebounding the ball, and you know, just setting screens again, guys open, and just you know, just being in the presence down below on both ends of the floor. So that was my main job, it was fun. Everything else, they made, they made it easy for us to score. Yeah, first box checked. Um, I, I think defensively there were questions when, when the Suns trade a player like Mikel Bridges. What does that do to the defensive intensity, the defensive identity they had built? Mm-hmm. Was last night the, the best you know examination of what that defense is like? No, because you're playing a, a, a bad team in the Charlotte Hornets. But they held him to 36% shooting and gave up 91 points. So I think they, they checked that box as well. But the next test is, all right, what does this all look like together? Against a good basketball team, which we really won't say. You know, Chicago's got a lot of talent. They're not exactly a good team. Mm-hmm. Dallas on Sunday is going to be an interesting test for this team. I agree. I agree because, listen, this is, um, as we've said before, the game NBA Jam, it's sort of now like the path to the NBA championship. Who are your two best players and how do they stack up against one another? Luka plus Kyrie against Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. That's about as good as it gets. And and one of my, listen, if you, if you asked me to map out my perfect uh, postseason, it would be a first-round thrashing of that Dallas team. That would be, that would be, you talk about an exorcism. Yeah. You talk about uh, returning the flex. That would be incredible. Um, so this would be a, this is going to be a, a, a little quick brief taste about that because everything about the the intro um, of Kyrie Irving in Dallas is is a little a little less optimistic than we're feeling today based on Kevin Durant's debut in Phoenix. Um, Kyrie Irving gives Dallas that secondary elite score that you need, and you would think that they're going to be dangerous on paper. Yet at the same time it's Kyrie and and their results so far have been mixed 
No doubt. Um, you know, the first games that he played in were wins against the Clippers and Sacramento. Then they lost three straight. Three straight. Then they beat a bad mm-hmm. Spurs team, and now they've lost two in a row yep. again. They're three and five with it. And I'll tell you what the fan base in Dallas is probably feeling. Like, mm-hmm. okay, they went out and they got reinforcements. Luka needed help. They got him offensive help. But you're right. I mean, it's he's such a volatile player in Kyrie Irving. And it's got still the feel, because we don't know about his future, it's got mm-hmm. the feel of a rental player. Mm-hmm. It's like, did yeah. we throw all of the, all of the chips into the middle of the table to get twenty plus games of Kyrie Irving with no guarantee that there's any future here in Dallas? Right, that's it's exactly a lot right. Different feel exactly to what right. we have here in Phoenix. Yeah, and really, as I've said before, this is this is good because this is not a one off. This doesn't have to happen now, but from a Chris Paul standpoint, it kind of does because um, it, contractually, the Suns have a way to get off of him, mm-hmm. and at the money that's in front of him, it it, uh, it, it looks like the smart play. Now, I, I hesitate to say that because I have nothing but mad respect for Chris Paul and who he is and what he's done with his career and what he's done in Phoenix. We, we can never lose sight of that. No. Uh, um, because he was when he came to town here. This team was this team was a bubble team. That's bubble. all. They were in that's the bubble. all they had. They had a bubble. They had the bubble. That's all they had. And 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 he took that and he's grown it into what we have now. So I have nothing but respect for Chris the Paul. First, and that will never change. The first really big step was the upgrade from Ricky Rubio to Chris Paul. And people, that was the oh, first. What big are we doing, yeah? Ricky Rubio? We're trading Kelly Oubre. Oh no! I, I just, How are we ever gonna survive? I told Bick this off the air, and I had this discussion with a friend last night, too. Not so long ago, yeah. Suns basketball was in such a bad place that as a fan base, we got excited about Kelly Oubre. If Kelly Oubre... He's a talented guy, but come on. If Kelly Oubre were as good as Kelly Oubre thinks he is, yeah. Kelly Oubre would be really good. He'd still, Kelly be, Oubre here was he'd still be here. He'd be Kevin Durant. He'd be Kevin Durant. You're right, though. He was like, oh my God, look, he's making shirts that say Valley Boys and yeah, he wants right. to be here. Using stock images off the... Yeah, it was... That, come on. But that's the same. Like, the, the upgrade <laughs> from... Clip art. Here you go. Give me forty nine ninety five. It was a necessary upgrade to get the, the team on the right momentum to be where they want to be, just like moving from Mikel yeah. Bridges yes. to Kevin Durant is. Yes, a, a more painful one with Bridges and Johnson, certainly. On the Chris Paul point, you made a point earlier in, Deion, in, in, in breaking down DeAndre Ayton's game last night, and you said he's still going to be who he is. Some nights he's going to have it, some nights he's not. It doesn't matter anymore. It, it it matters a lot less, and I could say this for different reasons. That's going to be the Chris Paul exper- experience the rest of the way yep. too. Yep. Some nights he's going to have it, and some nights he's not. Mm-hmm. Last night in a night where he didn't have it, he still ended up with eleven assists. Yeah, and that's fine. And, and he that's went fine. one for eight from from the field, and there was the one play where you went in for a layup and and didn't get much lift and just got absolutely erased at the rim. I I think it's going to be very rare. Uh, the nights when Devin Booker and and Kevin Durant do not combine for 60 points. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be rare. I really do. They're both 30-point-per-game scores, and now they're together, and they're feeling it. It's a stretch run. Um, I, I think D.A. now can really just kind of do what he does and not be a, fi- a fixture of anybody's obsession or anything. It was cool last night to see the Suns have a couple of real mobile seven-foot-ish kind of guys mm-hmm. with D.A. and Kevin Durant. It's a nice look to the team, how that team is going to handle going up against a physical team that plops down in a half-court set, makes you sit down a defense and pounds you inside. We're going to find out. Yeah. We're going to find out. All the Suns, uh, their, all their woes didn't necessarily go away. Their biggest one did. 
But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's exciting, this, man. It's the exciting. Suns need a secondary scorer not named Devin Booker. And they go out and get the best scorer in basketball. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. How I many mean, boxes does I'll, that yeah, check? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Coming up next, we're halfway through on this Thursday. Bix got the second half kickoff in the form of the Bickley Blast. Fire! Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.